Hi, Explorers. Thanks for listening to Kids Who Explore Parent Edition. Come along with us as we cover all corners of raising kids in the outdoors. Hi, I'm Adriana Scori. I'm a hiking mom in the Canadian Rockies, Mama to Turner, and CEO of Kids Who Explore. I'm Lauren Rodick Eberly. I'm mom to Collins. We love being outside and exploring between our two homes in Seattle, Washington, and Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Today's podcast is sponsored by Kids Who Explore's Patch for a Purpose. Every time we see our patch out in the world, we feel the love and support behind it. Our patches can be sewn onto backpacks, jackets, bags, or even baby carriers, to name a few. Or they can be carried in your packs as special adventure items for all your little explorers. Our patch comes in eight different colors, and a dollar from each patch goes to a, you guessed it, purpose. Your support can make a difference for all of the following charity groups, depending on which color patch you want to represent. Alberta Parks, Children's Disability, BIPOC and Anti-Racism, Sick Children, The Earth, Children's Wellbeing, Anti-Bullying, and Children's Mental Health. Check out the hashtag Patch for a Purpose to see our patch and the community behind it. That's hashtag Patch, the number four, a purpose. To get your patch today, visit www.kidswhoexplore.ca. We thank you in advance for the difference you are making. Today we are joined by Gary Martinez, who is a father of two, an inspirational speaker, and a personal fitness trainer. He runs a digital autism course called The Star Program and is the author of Living Life Through Their Eyes, Our Journey Together on the Autism Spectrum. As we learn today, his daughter Monica is the inspiration behind his journey to help others gain a greater understanding of autism. Gary, thanks so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me on. Appreciate you. Gary, we are really looking forward to learning from you today because I read your book and I watched some of your YouTube videos and I think your message is all about patience, perspective, and creativity. And that can be a great lesson for all of us and a great reminder as well. So can you start by defining autism or explaining what it means to be on the autism spectrum? So, you know, it's different for everybody and I can speak more so about my daughter and some of her components. With my daughter, Monica, she started out not talking. So, you know, there's a lot of kids who for a while, you know, they they can't talk or they're not able to, so they're nonverbal. So that was one of our traits for a little while. And then when she did start to talk, started to see and learn more about who Monica was. And for her, she was isolated, you know, to herself. And, you know, it was hard for her to look in other people's eyes. So looking, trying to look at somebody in their eyes was a hard thing to do. So I had to learn that, you know, that's a boundary for us. And we just at that time, it's like I learned that you had to respect that and it's okay to look away if it's easier for you to, you know, engage in a conversation. Another thing was that we were, I learned that Monica, when she was starting to talk, she liked to play by herself. She liked to talk about like certain movie scenes or sing music all to herself, uh, just very repetitive with that type of behavior. So mainly just like isolation mode. And then what I, what I learned was that for a lot of our kids is that sometimes having a conversation with somebody or even more people, it's hard for them because it's kind of the opposite that their energy can pretty much read a person and that can be like become too much for them. It can kind of be overwhelming for them. So they prefer a lot of them to just kind of be in their own space and you kind of have to respect that boundary. And then like kind of learn like, you know, what, what, what is, what are they fascinated with? So I started to learn like what my daughter was fascinated with and I 
gave myself homework and learned some of these videos and movies that she liked. And I started to listen to her, repeat the ones that were important to her. And I would start to jump in and kind of repeat what she was doing. And then that kind of started to create a bond between us to create now a, a relationship, a friendship and earn her trust and all those sorts of things. Um, and then I learned that we also have, which a lot of kids do, we have a sensory processing disorder or some type of sensory difficulties like that. So with the senses, we are pretty sensitive about a lot of things and it requires doing a lot of daily activities for the body and the brain to actually connect so you can have more of a, a fluid day. So I started to learn from our early interventions that, oh, wow, these things right here are working for her, that they're working with her at these sessions. So I brought it all home. I wrote down things. I asked questions. I was, I was a, a pest where I was like, who do you follow? What, what books should I read? I just want to learn. I want to learn. I want to learn. So I stood up very late to know my daughter better. And then we started to do a lot of these activities that helped her out. So I learned that a lot of kids with sensory difficulties, they require to have a lot of play breaks throughout the day to help them out so they can be, you know, it improves their mood, their energy, everything under the sun. So the, the world is not as scary place for them. So they can actually enjoy themselves. So Gary, you said in your book, you had a gut feeling about your daughter's diagnosis. Can you share more about that gut feeling? You know, when she was young, I just noticed that she wasn't doing the typical normal things that we do when we're that age. Like when someone's calling your name, turn around and you understand that. Just playing, you know, playing with your kid or watching play. It was a different type of playing style. It was more of a lining up all kinds of cars, making this beautiful, just sea of cars and so many rows. And it was doing that same scene over and over where I didn't understand it at first, but then I learned it was a way for her to just focus, relax, and make herself feel comfortable in whatever room that she was at. So that was like, those were some signs that we're, we're doing things a little bit different. So I know that we we're going to have to go to a doctor and, and see, because I didn't know, I know, I didn't know anything at that time. I was like from, uh, from zero a goose egg. I didn't know why different behaviors. I didn't understand that when my daughter couldn't talk in those beginning parts that she would have these meltdowns where she would, you know, harm herself and, and attack uh, the ground where she would throw herself and have these. And I just felt at that point, like, like a failure as a parent, because I didn't know how to help my own child. So it was like, yeah, you know, we got to go get some help and see what's going on so we can have a better relationship and be able to help out, you know, my daughter, Monica. Well, it's so beautiful that you've been an advocate for her. I'm sure lots of parents listening are thinking the same thing because you don't, you don't know, right? There's when kids are toddlers, they do have meltdowns and they do like things in a particular order. So it's great that you learned and you're continually learning with her. Something I also love that you talked about a bunch is how music and music therapy and outdoors is super helpful for Monica. I'm a music teacher, so that really resonated oh. with me. <laughs> what does music and outdoors look like on a daily basis for Monica? Oh my gosh, it's everything. So like um, we're in winter right now, but when it hits summer, like my Monica is already talking about summer. So she's already, she's already there. Her vision is we're in summer because when it's summertime over here, we live on the west side of Colorado Springs and we're right next door to this little mountain town. And there's a creek that runs through the whole town. So what we do in summer is myself, Monica, and my son, Christian, we drive to a little park right where that creek is. And we put on our water shoes 
and we walk as far as they want to walk. Never know where we're going to land, but when they want to stop and we do land somewhere, sometimes it's this uh, what, what's called the Penny Arcade. And the Penny Arcade is all these old school 80 type of games, video games, and we sometimes go there. But the journey going there is what's so exciting for Monica but because she pretends that we're in the movie. So we're like in the movie Frozen, Frozen 2, where, you know, Anna and Elsa, they're going through the Enchanted Forest. So she she's into that movie character. So we're talking about that movie all the way as we're walking through that water, the, the Mountain Creek water. And just to let you know, when she was early in her years and she had these issues with her body, walking was something she couldn't do. She was scared to walk. So we had to learn a lot of activities to help her overcome being a toe walker, which was helpful for her. But she was pretty scared to walk on the ground because of the uneven surfaces on the earth. But now it's like, look at her now. Like when we're at this, when we're walking in that creek of water, I, I take a few steps back and I watch my son and Monica walk. And I'm picturing like it was yesterday that it was hard for her to do that. But I'm like, wow, check her out now. Now she's walking with, with some resistance, you know, the water pushing at her a little bit. There's the sand moves in the bottom, but you know, there's rocks that you gotta, you know, make sure you walk over and, and like, I'm just like, look at her go. I'm just like so happy with her progression in life that she's not a quitter. She doesn't know how to quit. So nature for us is a big, it's a big tool that, that she loves. That's why we moved to the west side of town. So we're like right smack in nature. Yes, we can definitely all use a little more nature. And you say that Monica also is constantly moving. So do you find being outside gives her more freedom to do that? Yeah, so when we go outside, of course, you know, like we have favorite parks that we go to and she knows them by name. She knows what street they're on. She knows what cross street they're on. And it's like, you know, we go there every day for a reason. And yeah, for her is to explore, to be outside. And her favorite thing to do at playgrounds at these parks for her is to push swing. She loves to swing. Swinging was her favorite thing that, that put a smile on her face uh, when she was little to open up that door for her. But now she likes to push swings a lot because, you know, the moving part on top of the, the swing set, that moving part that's holding the chains and the swing. When she looks at that, I learned from a long time ago that that's something that helps her focus to look at a moving object. So she likes to watch the object, but the more fun part for her is the entertainment. When she's pushing the swing, she's pretending that there's an invisible evil character from a Disney movie and she wants to get rid of that character to not mess with her favorite character in the movie. So we playfully impersonate the character. We, we do like a funny little um, scenes with them and she pushes them. So she's laughing, you know, she's getting this exercise at the same time. And then her, her brain is getting what she needs. And I need to go back because I forgot something. We do sing songs. So we were talking about music a minute ago and I forgot to uh, expand on that. So we do a lot of songs when we're at the park pushing too, because music for us, you know, I learned how it works both sides of the brain. So it's just that much more powerful for Monica and singing the songs when she's out there pushing the swings or swinging on the swings is very therapeutic for her. 
and she has particular videos and singers that she likes. So in order to be in her world, I have to give myself homework. So I have to study these songs so I can do it with her because our motto is do everything together so we can, you know, have more success overall in our life. Oh, that is also so great because I get to explore. We're all about doing everything together and as a family. So thank you for sharing all these methods you use. One thing I think that would be super helpful for everyone is going back to the topic of meltdowns. Mm -hmm. So all kids have meltdowns, us adults have meltdowns in different ways, but I know with kids and then especially if they're on the autism spectrum, their bodies and their brains are going through so much change all at once. So do you have any tips for methods to either help stop a meltdown before it happens or to ease one once it gets going? Okay. So yeah, I learned a little bit about that and throughout the years. First of all, I would say Monica would, would love to meet you because you have a camel shirt on and that reminds her of the movie Mulan because uh, she joined the army. So back to the meltdowns, um, I just learned like a lot of kids with these sensory needs that, that need movement in their day is that one way we can help perhaps reduce or even stop some of those, I'm not saying all, is to, to have those play breaks throughout the day as many times as you want. And there is a occupational therapist that I follow big time and she's written a lot of books and she's very, very well educated with the resources and her help. And what she said is we usually have templates for we're in therapy. You want to do something so many times a day. She was like, I learned that you got to throw that thing out the door after you get repetitions under your belt and let your kid do what they want to do play-wise to give them that help to reduce things such as meltdowns as much as they want. So I let Monica take as many play breaks as she wants. So sometimes we're not just going to one park a day. We might be going to three parks a day and doing those things early on before something happens has been really helpful to prevent a lot of meltdowns. It's kind of like before you're thirsty, you should probably drink some water so you're not gonna get start to get dehydrated. <laughs> yeah, right there, right there. And it's just a natural way to help you out, not only to prevent meltdowns throughout the day, but just to have a more overall natural flow throughout your day so it can even help you out with your sleep. I'm not telling anyone to try this, but I just wanna drop this in there. Usually the, the general tips when someone has a meltdown is that you, know, you wanna give them space, a safe zone, a retreat, like a little tent or a pillow cave so they can go, you know, relax with some little music or soft stuff in there that they like. But since you've seen my videos and you probably know where I'm going with this, there was this one time where, I, where Monica was having a meltdown and I was like, that's it. Like something inside me said, you got to go help her. So I knew that our tools were these Disney movies and doing some type of movement together that makes her feel good regardless. So I, she was having a meltdown one day at the park and I ran up there and I, I kind of matched her tone to kind of distract her and change the subject. And I started talking about a Disney movie and it started to bring her out of that talk that she was going with. And then I saw a soccer net at a distance and I said, let's go save Ariel because we were talking about the movie, The Little Mermaid. Do you want to go? And Monica's not a runner. She said, yes. So we ran there together and then I, her brother and her sister was there at the time and I called them over to help us out because I told them, the soccer net is, is the evil Ursula from the movie, and she's trying to wrap us up. So fall down, let Monica rescue you. And Monica rescued us, so she was saving us, and she was laughing, and she was getting all this exercise that her body needs and craves. So within a matter of minutes, she was out of the meltdown, and that was one way. That was the way that I learned for us to help Monica stop 
her mouth down. So I just wanted to share that part also. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, so how often would your play breaks generally be then? Like how, how many times would you recommend to other parents to have play breaks? As many, as many as they want, like nothing that's like forced on anybody. It's just, if, if they need to play and you see that they need that, like let them have that. But of course, you know, if we got a schedule to keep, if we got like things going on in day, like, hey, we got a couple appointments, then you probably just want to give them an advance notice that, hey, in five minutes or 10 minutes, we got to wrap it up because we have to get ready for something. So it's always giving them an update, some cues to help them out because a lot of our kids are all about routine and structure. Great. That makes total sense. Yeah, there, there's also a couple sections of your book that I really enjoyed. And if you don't mind, I'd love if you would touch on them a bit more. Of course. So one of them was you shared how you respond to kids who ask questions about Monica and you so kindly help the kids understand and see it from a lens of something they love. So can you give us some examples of that? Yeah. So, I mean, that story real quick, if I can just share that one was just like, you know, one day we we're swinging at elementary school and for us, it's like a warm up. It's like, it's like at the gym, if you warm up, you're going to be ready for a workout. So our, our mentality is if we do our play break before we go into school, we're more prepared. So we were doing that and having a jolly old good time. And then a couple of kids walked by and they were kind of saying some remarks about Monica, you know, because her voice sounds different because of the meltdowns prior in the years. So I chose to break out of my shell and go have a little chat with them. So I caught up to them and I used the icebreaker of seeing like a sport team name on their shirt. And I was, I wanted to use that to engage in a conversation. So I was just like, Hey, is that your team? And they're like, yes. And you know, I was like, when you go to a game or something, have you ever been to one? They're like, yes. I was like, do you cheer for your team and all that? Like, yes. I was like, um, how do you feel after the game? Like, how's your voice feeling, you know, after or the day of? Like, like I can't talk. Like, I lose my voice. I was like, yeah, because you're cheering for your team and they're scoring points and all that. I was like, well, that's, you know, that's my daughter right there. Her name's Monica. And uh, she couldn't talk for a long time. So the reason why her voice sounds like that is because she used to do a lot of screaming because she... She didn't know how to ask for help. So after I, you know, talked to them on that level with the icebreaker, they were more understanding. They wanted to know how to help her. And then, so what happened was they turned from talking about somebody that didn't know the whole story to now we want to be your friend. How can we help her out? I'm just like, if you see Monica having a rough moment, you just tell her, Monica, make sure you go swing today or, you know, sing, talk about your favorite movie to help you out. So that was one way that I worked with when something happened like that. And we actually went from me pushing Monica on the playground to like, all of a sudden I was pushing, I think it was like eight people. I was pushing eight people on the whole swing set because a lot of kids I learned, they would come to school and pass by the playground. And some of the kids just, you can kind of tell that, you know, maybe they rushed to school or they just weren't too enthused about it. So they started talking to us and I just started pushing all these kids on the swing and it just had a domino effect. And the kids that were with us as our new friends were now going into school more, more happy and ready and prepared for it. I can just picture you running down. <laughs> you know, <like> kids. <laughs> yeah, that was my workout. Yeah. You talk a lot about how you've learned patience and repetition through caring for Monica, which we all could use more of. And you often, I think, flip the question back to Monica when she's repeating something and you ask her, what does she think about it? So can you share when you decide to flip the question and ask Monica why she thinks something is the way it is? 
Yeah, like sometimes, you know, we have our moments, you know, everything is not sunshine. There's a lot of behind the scenes, a lot of hard work to get us to where we're at to have a, a better day. So yeah, sometimes when there's like a dark moment and she may be repeating something that's that's negative and it's stuck in her head, usually what I would do is our our kind of we have open communication. So we'll sit down and I'll just kind of ask her a few questions about that. And our I, my my goal is to help her shift her her mindset and to start solving that problem. So what we usually do is we solve the problem. Our I want to listen to her first. I want to give her the stage because that's important. And then we'll we'll work on it together and find some sort of uh, solution for it. And that's usually how we get out of something that's kind of stuck in our head. But it takes a lot of patience. Like I was not Mr. Patience years ago. That, the old me that was not who I am today. So I had to learn that. I had to make that change in order to be better and to evolve with Monica on her journey. So that's Pretty much what we do is we just kind of talk things out and we just take our time and we'll just, we'll keep going until we can solve the problem. Cause maybe sometimes it could be minutes and we're done with it. Like it could just be like a little short version, but sometimes something's heavy on her mind and she, she wants to keep going with it. So I have to, a lot of times just see what's the word I want to use. Just learn how to adjust that. It's not about me. It's all about her. And then ask her one question at a time and then work on getting out of it. I finish it where we talk about something positive to make her feel good at the end and it's to like praise her at the end after we figure it out it's just praise 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 to get her back into to monica so it's kind of like a reset our kids teach us so much it's incredible mm -hmm. do you remember the name of that occupational therapist you were talking about earlier on angie boss with a v angie okay. boss Perfect. I will link that up in the show notes too, since you said she, she's been so helpful. She's been a life changer. Thank you very much for everything you're sharing today. This is really wonderful information. And I'm just wondering, is there anything else you maybe want to touch on that we didn't get to chat about? I would just say to people out there, if you see, you know, like a kid, kind of like Monica or the components I was talking about, you, you may think that they, they live with autism or something like that is to respect our differences. We don't know what they're going through. If you're out in a public and you see a parent with their kid and perhaps they're having a rough time, I mean, you can always ask them, is there something I can do to help out? Maybe you got to clear, clear some space so they can have their space to work on what they got to work on. Or you can ask them, you know, a question what you can do to help because it's always, because it's not the easiest for us to always make friends so it's always good to make a new friend and for us too to grow as a person and kind of unite more because with the times now, it's it's important to break this separation thing that's going on and to unite more and, and just learn more about people so we can, you know, make, make a new friend and, you know, change the world like that and impact it. I love that. Thank you. And where can people find more about you to uh, follow along? Uh, do you have Instagram or? Yeah, there's different places. So <laughs> I would say, you know, my Facebook profile, Gary Martinez Jr., you know, you can, you can send me a message right there. It would just be probably the, the simplest way to contact me. Okay, great. Wonderful. And I'll link that up as well and share your book with everyone. Let's end with our final questions. In the last few months, what was your best purchase under $100? Okay, so I did my homework. Uh, so for me, that was, I, I had to go back and I had to buy some extra supplements. So for us, we've been taking a lot of herbs and supplements just to, you know, boost our immune system and to help us out in different ways for us. So we've been doing that for since September of 2019. 
and we're right now the healthiest we've, we've been. So those are our, our friends and they just help us out so much. Wonderful. Do you have a favorite brand that you use or do you try? Yes, products? yes. There is um, one brand that I use for my supplements and that is uh Vimergy. Okay, very so they're, cool. They're a very, they're a very clear, clean brand. So there's not a lot of extras. It's just the dose. <laughs> yes. Okay. Amazing. Can you share a book, show, or podcast recommendation right now? One of my favorite podcasts right now to listen to, I really like this guy. I like his energy, his personality, and everything that goes with them is uh, Ed Milet. So Ed Milet, he has a lot of good people on the show. It's just, I mean, it's just so helpful. There's so many different topics that you can learn from and, and enjoy him and his guests. Yeah, he's very inspirational. That's a great one. If there was no time or money limit, where would you travel or explore next? <laughs> Australia. So I used to live there for two years when I was little, but we live in a very, very small town in the desert. So I would like to go to like the bigger cities around the, the water and to see the Great Barrier Reef. And throughout the years, thanks to social media, I've connected and made a, a lot of new friends there. And the kids want to go there, too. And they have a lot of reasons, too. So it's kind of like it's a win-win if we go there. Oh, yes. I have a friend living there. And I literally last night was talking to her about how that is majorly on my bucket list. <laughs> I don't think I'll be going bump into each other. Too, <laughs> I'm with you on that. Thanks for adventuring with us. Please subscribe and share your love by reviewing our podcast with five stars and follow us over at Kids Who Explore on Instagram and all other social media platforms. This podcast is produced by KP Media Productions.